Hey, my name is Leaf, and you're listening to Health Righteous. Last time around, we talked about our gut. We learned how to be a probiotic patriot and why the microbiome from our point of entry to our point of evacuation matters so much. It was a wonderful time, and it was election day. At this point in the game, it's pretty assumed that we have a new president, which at least from an environmental conservation standpoint, and hopefully from an agricultural perspective, could mean good things. At the moment, Biden is considering Heidi Heitkamp as the Secretary of Agriculture, which isn't great news for the environment, considering her history of support for corporate agribusiness. But we're at a stage where we can put pressure on our candidates and hold them accountable. So sign the petition to get someone who represents our interests in that role instead. Head over to our website, type in Health Righteous in your browser, and drop a dot before the U.S. It's a neat URL that spells out the name of our podcast without any fluff. It's just healthrightio.us. <laughs> sign the petition, speak up for the change that we want, fight for a future we can believe in. Yes, we are getting political before Biden even takes office. That's the times we're in. And here at Health Righteous, we believe in activism. We believe knowledge is activism, and it manifests through our actions. And when we act with our best interests in mind, we're reducing harm from our everyday lives and being kind to ourselves and the people around us. Today's topic is a big one. It's big for me, and it's going to be big for you. It's plastic. Big plastic, small plastic, really small plastic, and even smaller plastic. We call the last ones microplastics and nanoplastics. Turns out, life in plastic isn't fantastic. <laughs> life in plastic is not fantastic. Plastic is a byproduct of the oil and gas industry, so you know there are going to be some big figures at the table that are intent on keeping things exactly as they are. But it's becoming more and more apparent to consumers that we've got a big problem. Plastic is everywhere. No, I really mean it. Plastic is literally everywhere. It's in Antarctica, it's in the Maldives, it's on the top of Mount Everest. There is not a surface on the planet that is free of microplastics. How? How did this happen? When I say that there's plastic everywhere, I'm not talking big gulps and Legos. I'm talking about pieces that have been whittled down so small that you wouldn't even know it was plastic when you looked at it. The thing here is that plastics in their very nature will break down into itty bitty fragments over time. And since they don't biodegrade in fewer than a couple hundred years, they just keep getting smaller and smaller until they're basically dust. That's actually one of the places we're ingesting plastics most commonly, household dust. It's said that you'll get more exposure to plastic from the dust within your home than by being outdoors. But don't get me wrong, it's there too. Plastic dust has actually made its way into the atmosphere and it blows around the world sprinkling down like a snow globe. So my first response was, why don't we stop using microplastics? Microplastics like glitter or the beads and exfoliating face washes or toothpastes. That's a good first step, but that's not where most of the microplastics are coming from. Sure, it's a quick turnaround to make plastics that are already small into smaller pieces, but only a quarter of them started as tiny particles. 
This leaves a big window of other plastics that have become teeny-weeny over time. Some of the main sources of microplastics are car tires and synthetic clothing fibers like polyester. It's not just disco outfits from the 70s that are polyester. Synthetic fibers like polyester, nylon, acrylic, and spandex are in the vast majority of the clothes that I own. And I'm actively trying to change that because every time you wash your clothes, each garment can shed more than 1,900 fibers, creating over 700,000 fibers per wash based on the average wash load. And the worst contender of them all? Fleece. So next time you hear RuPaul on your TV saying, Hey sis, it's Fleece Miss. You tell her to go ho ho home. I've never liked fleece. I don't like the way it hooks on the broken skin on my fingers. I also had a texture phobia with it, but now I feel like that phobia is justified. Just say no to fleece. These synthetic fibers make up about one-third of all fibers in indoor environments. Keep that in your back pocket. Next on the list is food and beverage containers. Plastic wrappers and plastic bottles make up a big part of the plastic we ingest. Buying food in plastic wrappers guarantees us that little fragments are going to end up in our bellies. And if you think that by drinking water from a bottle, you're removing all of the contaminants, the microplastics in your water are telling a different story. Worst on this list is Nestle Pure Life and Gerolsteiner, with just under a thousand microplastic particles per liter. I have more than a few reasons to hold a grudge against Nestle. This just adds more fuel to my fire. They also got in a bit of hot water in California when they were pumping tons of water out of waterways during a drought using an expired permit. And their punishment was a slap on the wrist. Nestle disgusts me. <laughs> there, I said it. They own an obscene amount of companies. I just found out they've even got some clothing companies in their portfolio. It's just too much. Surprisingly, one of the bottled waters with the lowest microplastic densities they also own, but the moral of the story here is to avoid bottled water altogether. And if you're someone who likes to assert your power over companies like I do, do it with your dollar. Just don't patronize companies you don't feel good about. If you're in a location and you've got the means and you've got the options, save those buckaroos for a company who deserves it. My name is Leaf, and thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> Try to avoid food and water that's in plastic containers. Your body will thank you. Let's air out some of that heat in a little breather. And when we come back, I'll teach you about nurdles and give you a full rundown on what steps we can take to cut back on the microplastics we're ingesting. All right, time for our deep breath. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't want to do this episode. I felt like if I was going to do it, I had to do it when we felt a brief moment of reprieve from a year that was relentless in keeping us down. But there's a reason I do these episodes. A reason I have this podcast. Meow. And that's because I truly believe in the value of my message. And I know there are a lot of you that do too. You know that to live a long, healthy life, you've got to be armed with the knowledge of how to get there. By listening to this podcast, we're taking excellent care of ourselves. We're putting our health before our comfort, which is an uncommon and righteous task, if you ask me. You are health righteous. You are emboldening and empowering yourself with knowledge. I like that about you. I'm grateful that I've had the ability to share this podcast with a community of people who respect what I have to say and respect themselves. Let's keep this going. 
We're halfway through the second season, and we're not done yet. I tried to record a video for this, but I didn't have a very good angle, and so I'm not gonna post it. But I'm on my way to making videos. And if you want to see them come to life, become a patron on Patreon. Subscribe to our channel. Give it some likes and some comments. Share it with your bestie. This year has been a roller coaster, but we've got some good stuff coming your way. Let's take one more deep breath together and we'll get back to the show. Welcome back. I guess we didn't really go anywhere, but we gave our brains a nice little break. All right. Before we left, I teased y'all with a fun word I just learned. Nargles. <laughs> just just kidding. That's a Harry Potter reference for all the Luna Lovegood fans in the house. Nurdles! Nurdles are little plastic pellets about the size of a lentil that are the raw material that form virtually all plastics. Nurdles are often shipped via freight cars, and in these freight cars, there will be tubing in areas where they are piped in and piped out, and underneath those freight cars, you'll see piles of nurdles, contaminated by dirt, rendered unusable, and then washed away into the drains and waterways. Either that, or just blatant spills on land and sea that dump metric tons of nurdles into the ocean. It's estimated that up to half of the microplastic pollution we face now might be comprised of nurdles alone. Nurdles, nurdles everywhere. Nurdles on beaches, nurdles gobbled up by birds and fish, oodles and oodles of nurdles. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever get tired of saying that word. Nurdles. Nurdles. Speaking of animals eating plastic, it's happening. When you're eating fish and shellfish, you're gonna have what they had. Microplastics don't just go through the stomachs of these animals, they also go into their organs. But luckily, microplastics are only found in all of the samples they tested. <laughs> okay, maybe not luckily, but actually luckily, question mark, apparently eating fish only contributes to a portion of the plastic you're ingesting, which can be negligible by comparison. Because of the nature of plastics though, they can attract heavy metals to also bioaccumulate within fish. So, something to consider. Also, to bring it back to food and beverages, table salt, randomly, has a notable amount of microplastics in it. I actually stocked up on this salt that was tested to be plastic-free, but I thought it was counterintuitive that they sent the salt that was free of plastics in plastic packaging, which we know will cause it to contain microplastics. Apparently, there's no winning with salt. And finally, because we cover the full list of ways we can reduce our interaction with microplastics, there's a very relevant and timely addition to our list of microplastics, and that's in masks. This year, we've seen medical face masks rise to about 90 million masks per month. Single-use masks are often made from a range of plastic polymers and are discarded after a single use, becoming a brand new source of microplastics. Thanks, 2020. So you may have been keeping tabs subconsciously as we've been going over these different sources of microplastics, but even if you were, let's spell it out for the folks in the back. Drink tap water. What? Yes. Drinking tap water is going to have less microplastics in it than water from a plastic bottle. Your water can, and arguably should, still be filtered for the myriad reasons we've covered in previous episodes. But yep, 
tap water has about half the microplastics as bottled water. Don't heat food in plastic. Now this sounds familiar. I'm pretty sure I mentioned this in our second episode titled Don't Be a Whore Moron. Still holds true. Don't microwave plastics because they leach chemicals into your foods. I've got a new one to add, though. Don't put plastics in your dishwasher. I never even thought about it, but what is a dishwasher but a clothes washer for your dishes? If your washing machine stirs up microplastics, your dishwasher likely will too. While we're at it, we talked about cutting back on eating food that comes from plastic containers. Another through line for the season. But here's a little bit of handy reinforcement for that. Plastic with the number three has been shown to have phthalates. Number six has styrene. And number seven has, you guessed it, bisphenol. Like bisphenol A, aka BPA. The culprit from the Hormoron episode. However, products that are bio-based or greenware don't contain bisphenol. On that note, if you're using compostable plastics, gotta make sure that they actually make it into a compost for them to biodegrade considerably faster than any other plastics. I was probably as shocked as you are, but that last step is key. They've gotta make it into a compost to biodegrade quicker. Next on the list, eat more fresh food. It can be safely assumed that if your food isn't swimming in a plastic bag, it's gotta be a lot lower in microplastic content. Less plastic, fewer chemicals, happier bodies. The next one is probably the hardest one for me. Minimize household dust by vacuuming regularly. We'll see about that one. I do have an air purifier that I'm really into though, so that's probably doing something. I actually love how sensitive it is. If my housemate Matthew applies a spray sunscreen, takes a poof of a vape, or we leave something in the kitchen for too long, the thing kicks into overdrive working its buns off to make our air breathable again. Thanks, Air Doctor. I appreciate you. I might be able to fish up a discount code for you if you're in the market for one. Hit me up. Lastly, the one that's just a good general rule of thumb, cut plastic out of your life anywhere you can. Does that look require plastic-based glitter? Or does the glitter just distract from your already sparkling personality? What items can you buy in a glass or metal container instead of a plastic one? What are some single-use plastic items that you can replace with reusable ones made with a more sustainable base? Like a bamboo toothbrush or a metal straw. Small things, you know? Also, I remember reading some articles about tea bags having microplastics in them as well. Think about how microplastics might be used as adhesives on products that you're putting in hot water. Or maybe there's a sticker on your produce. Make sure that you take the sticker off and wash it really well so all of the plastics are going with it. Or just peel off the outer layer of that vegetable or fruit. Once you start thinking about it, it's kind of hard to stop. (laughs) You can't really unthink about it once you've started. Anyways, that's a wrap on this week's episode. I'm going to let you off easy with this one because let's face it, it's a topic that we needed to cover, but let's get in and out with this one so we can keep on with our lives. That's all we can do. If you learned something in this episode and you want to share it with someone, pass this podcast along to your friends, your family, your neighbor, your HR manager, your plumber, your electronic repair person, that person from high school that used to make fun of you for being really good at art, anyone who's made your life interesting that you want to have the best shot 
at living a long, healthy life. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. And while you're at it, write a review so other people know how great this podcast is and are inspired to bust this episode open. Follow Health Righteous on Instagram and YouTube. Type Health Righteous into your browser, all one word, and drop a dot before the US. Consider becoming a patron. I'm currently accepting patrons on Patreon and sponsorship of many kinds. So visit patreon.com slash healthrighteous or shoot me a DM. Big thank you again to my patrons on Patreon. I am so grateful for you. You do keep me inspired. You keep my flame burning. You keep this show alive. Thank you, truly. And thank you for listening. It's a demonstration of self-love and self-kindness. Now go spread the gospel. Come back in two weeks for a brand new episode, and we'll see you next time, right here on Health Righteous Nargles.